Welcome to the Real People Podcast, where we use our minds to analyze matters through conversation from the positive male perspective. Here are your hosts, Doug and Twelve. You know, Doug, the last time that we spoke on this subject, since it is part two of uh, the black on black or black on brown's relations, uh, one thing that I had the opportunity to do between the last podcast and this one is that I had a chance to read and listen to the Willie Lynch letter. Mm. And when I took that opportunity to do that, I had always understood that there was a systematic process to institutional racism designed against black people, right? Absolutely. But to see the depth and to see the evil genius and to see how far uh, these men went to implement this plan and to know that Willie Lynch even bragged that his plan could work 300 years after and it will work on its own. Man. That the that the teachings and the practices that he could use to 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 break black people as beasts and to turn them into the Negro slave are things that are still in practice. And one of the things that really bothers me about elitism, now that I have an understanding of the Willie Lynch letter, is people not understanding that a lot of people are victims of a very, very successful, long drawn out, well thought out, evilly devised plan. You said a whole lot. <laughs> you said a whole lot right there. And uh, <clears throat> first, let me say, I think that everybody black, not going to use you know no other terms, everybody black should read that at least one good time to really have a fundamental understanding of why we act the way we act towards each other. Truth, truth be told, um, because on one end of it, you see the, the systematic racism they put in place to make sure that they're always a thousand steps ahead of us. Right. You also see the steps that were put in place for them to be able, for us to be able to look at each other and say, okay, you may be this type of individual, but because, for example, I work in the house, I'm this type of individual, which goes back to the point of elitism. Because at one time or another, elitism, that didn't just start here. You know what I mean? There were different, different aspects to that at one time or another. In slavery, it was house versus field and a lot of other things that were going on as well. But but to take it, you know, back to what you were saying, the, the fact that it was so systematically put in place and, and, and even worse, the fact that we're still dealing with those things today, it may be in a different form. You know, it may not be the slavery that we're accustomed to, but you got to think half the jails are built by people that look like me and you. And 40 percent of that population is people that look like me and you. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. So it's still working. We still fight with each other. We still argue with each other. We still have issue with everything the other one does. Right. And as much as we hate to say it to each other, when we go into certain environments, we're uncomfortable because we're worried about confrontation from people who look like us. Correct. So this has been set up for us to doubt and downplay ourselves for a very long time. Well, one of the fundamental beliefs, you know, that Willie Lynch was teaching in the letter was to make sure that the Negro doesn't trust one another and that they only trust the master discord dishonesty causing rifts between us right. dividing the household reversing the gender roles all of these things were designed to create the mindset that we have today and tear apart the black family and a lot of those practices are still in place they might be more subtle but they still play on our minds and what i mean by that is the Willie lynch letter will tell you stories of how they put fear in the negro family by taking the male slave and putting feathers on his body and setting them on fire and letting the horses pull his body apart 
you know, just to instill that fear in the man to never fight back, to be docile and, and to do all these things and to not be the protector and to not be the leader of the home and making the female the head in certain ways, but then creating that distrust between the male and the female. Yeah. So even this independent per se mindset, these, these gender roles were created even back in this time period. Man, you got to think, dude, most of the, I mean, I know I come from a single parent home. I can honestly say that majority of the people that I associate with, I grew up with, came from a single parent home. I have a few friends that grew up with both parents in the house, you know, which is why I think I was so adamant about making sure that my kids grew up um, with both parents in the household. And those same friends that I have did the same thing. But I don't know, man, black men, you go all the way back with it, bro. I mean, you go all the way back with it. There's always been something <clears throat> that was designed to either dehumanize the black man, um, to criminalize the black man. Correct. You know, there was always something that was there for that. You never saw the images of the positive black male, like your father, for example, the positive black male that was really going, you know, going to work every day and taking care and providing for his family and teaching his boys and his kids um, how to be better men, right? And it's not the same thing about the females just yet, but I'm just saying in terms of that level, you know, what you saw in terms of black men were dope dealers, pimps, every movie, you know, all of us that came from the 70s era that grew up with black exploitation films and showing nothing but these physically aggressive black males that were still physically aggressive towards their women, towards each other. Everything we've ever seen has been us against us. If you really look at it, dude. So the, the plan that he put in place, they followed that plan to the letter. Jim Crow went exactly to the letter. And then when we integrated and thought that we were doing better by integration, we, we really wasn't. We hurt ourselves by integrating. And still trying to be like the master, to clarify. And, and to add on to that, it made me think of, I was always trying to understand why Malcolm X was, was going so hard at other people in the civil rights movement. Right. But understanding the framework of the Willie Lynch letter and the difference in the mindset between the house slave and the field slave, yeah. you know, I could see where that division, even within the civil rights movement and that thinking, could could even cause those rifts or those divisions. That mentality's still there. If you look at some cats that you look at in the street and you're not in the street no more, a lot of times you will look at them brothers like they still out in the field. Truth be told, without even realizing you doing it. Like some of us are, we have an elitist attitude without even realizing we're being elitist in, in some cases. Like I said earlier, when you go into a certain venue or you go into a certain place, when that brother comes in with the gold and the saggy pants and whatnot, your instant reaction is you're on guard. And he may actually be a good dude, but the simple fact of the matter is you've seen that same type of individual in certain you know situations, so you assume that everybody like that is, is the same thing, right? But they also see you as being somebody that forgot about the hood or you forgot where you came from or you think you bigger or you better than me. You know what I mean? It's the same mentality. If I'm in the house, then I'm, you know, I ain't getting dirty every day. I'm having to deal with some basic things. Don't get me wrong. I ain't saying basic like it was nothing, but I'm not having to deal with the whippings and the, you know, not saying they never did physical clarification, but not the way you guys are. Not sleeping out in the barn and my kids being taken away and all the things. It's going to happen to everybody. But, and, and just to make sure I'm, I'm saying that properly, it happened to everybody, but it happens to y'all more. You see what I'm saying? Not to say we're not catching it, but you guys are catching it worse. So as long as I'm up here, 
I'm a little better than you. If I'm a little lighter than you, I'm a little better than you. And we've been dealing with that for a long time. Well, what's interesting about that is that uh, this thinking, you know, correlating between streets and out the streets or successful or more successful or elitism versus non-elitism is that we are all subconsciously carrying a slave mentality. Oh, absolutely. In uh, one capacity or another. And and we're not even we're not even free of ourselves, which is why, you know, the the whole black versus black, I'm better than you, I'm over you, I'm more important to you, I have more value than you, and, and you're this and you're that and you're a heathen or all these divisions are, are falsehoods because in the eyes of the so called master, we are all still slaves. We are all still slaves and they look at each and every one of us the exact same. I don't care how much money you got. I don't care how you know how much education you have. I don't care about any of that. At the end of the day, you you still are what you are. I'm gonna let a few of y'all slide through to let y'all know that there's a there's a possibility. I'm gonna give you a president, you know, but I ain't gonna give them no power. I'm just gonna give you a president, and I say that because I'm gonna make sure that the check and balances make sure that he's checked. So I'm not gonna give you any power. I'm gonna give you a, a figurehead, a role model of sorts. You see what I mean? And and you know. To be perfectly honest, um, we look at that and that's a carrot that's kind of dangled out in the front. And we get that little peace of mind for a minute, get that little bite off the carrot, and then we go right back to doing the same thing we've been doing from jump. That's interesting. So just trying to take away from something that you just said. And I want to make sure I frame this correctly because uh, I've worked for some of these people in the past. Mm -hmm. Is that even from the days of slavery, they have already they've always selected just a handful of us to prop up just a few. Exactly. And that that's really not success. But people view that even today as success. But maybe they are just the props of institutional racism. Man. The miseducation of the Negro. <laughs> <laughs> that is what that is, to be perfectly honest. Because we think when we see that that that's enough in some cases, right? And we've set our standard by somebody else's standard. It's the same concept. We really did. It goes back to what you said earlier about, you know, uh, um, at the end of the day, we're still trying to prove something to the master that we're just as good as you. Most of the neighborhoods we live in, most of the stores we shop in, most of the cars we drive. We're, we're trying to be like somebody else. Why is the biggest consumer in America African-American? Ask yourself that. The biggest consumer of, of, I guess, leisure goods. I don't know what you call them. I'm not in retail or anything. I don't know. But in terms of uh, name brand clothing and the type of things that we drive and all, all that name brand is the African-American consumer. And we're, according to them, the smallest percentage of the population. How does that happen? What do you think drives that mindset? Trying to be like them. So we're great for that aspect of it. You can go buy my clothes. You just can't be up here with me while I'm making the money that I'm making off of you buying my clothes. But you can go and buy my clothes. I appreciate you for that. <laughs> I never uh, I never looked at it from that scope. If you look at it, think about it what it is. Do we, who's concerned with that? I mean, when we were little, it, we, I get it. When we were all kids, we all wanted to have the, the best jogging suits and the best shit. And we all did that. But... I ain't never heard no white kids getting killed over no Jordans. Now, if there's some out there, I don't know the story, 
But who was dying over that? Who who else was dying over shoes? How many black people did you hear about dying over a piece of chicken in the past year? Hmm. We have a lot of woke people, and we you know that I see I see a lot of people that are woke, and I love that because it means that they're taking the time to do the research and do the studying and understand what we're dealing with as a country. Um, the question becomes: Is are you taking that knowledge and then feeding the people who are not necessarily tied into that information, even if they don't want to hear it? And there's a level of elitism with with so-called woke people at certain times, and um, you know, a lot of their tone isn't a tone of uh, of instructional enlightenment. It's more of a how come you didn't know this or know that. There's, there's right. some people that become awoken, and and they almost become elitist in their own mindset as well. Like church folk, remember church folk? <laughs> I remember I heard my grandmother say church folk when I was young, and I didn't know what that was. And when you know, we all had that person that got into church. And then all of a sudden felt like they were just, you know, I'm, I am I am the Christian, you know, next to Christ. I'm the closest thing. Like, I'm the next one up to bet. I call that church folk. That's what I call it, church folk. Because my grandmother said that constantly. But as I got older, I understood what she meant, that it just didn't apply in that one situation. And at the end of the day, we are all the uh, the final products of, of institutional racism, yeah, of the are. Willie Lynch letter, of Jim Crow. And none of us as individuals had the opportunity to choose, one, the environment that we were born in, and two, the people that created us, which are, which are other factors that contribute to uh, every individual man's you know, social place in life and, and where they originate from, which also leads to other divisions. I mean, we talked about that before. Uh, yeah. I remember being teased in school sometimes, and people tried to tease me because I had both my parents. Right because I actually had structure and stability in my life. And then I would notice how some other black kids who did have that would look down on some of the kids who didn't have that. But I would understand how some of them's, you know, grandmothers were, you know, very ill and sick and couldn't take care of themselves and their parents weren't around all the times. And I got an opportunity to see both sides and, and, and look at it without judgment. But I got to see both sides judge each other. Right. And uh, I watched that mentality follow all the way up to the top we're bad at that man we we really are and i don't I, I swear to you sometimes i as a person who has done as much reading and research as i've done you know in terms of um why we are the way we are and not necessarily always looking for the negative in it but trying to figure out a positive um i guess a better outcome from the things that we've done thus far uh, i worry about the way that we come at each other, you know, I, I really do. Because if we don't learn to communicate on on a uh, on a much stronger scale, it's only going to this this intensity we have towards each other is only going to increase. You know what I mean? Um, something like that to where you have kids that are talking about are, are are frustrated because you come from a two parent home. And I tell this to my own son that you should never feel bad about the fact that your parents put the work in. But then you should also never look down on the ones who may not have necessarily had that because they may not have had that guidance to show them how to put the work in. Like I was fortunate to have a grandfather who I saw go out, provide for eight children, you know, also provide for grandchildren and, and, and pretty much be the patriarch of an entire family. So that gave me something to work with. But in that same time frame, I saw crackheads. I saw dudes robbing cats. I saw cats that had two and three kids that didn't make it to see 21. 
I saw a lot of different things that went on in that. So when I was teaching my kids at a younger age, I would tell them like, well, I don't want you in this environment. I don't want you in that environment. But the way that I would describe it, it would almost seem like I was talking down about it or talking down about those people where I was really kind of talking down about the situations you can get involved in if you're in these certain environments. But if, it, if it's not discussed right or if it's not talked about properly, then it can come off like you think you better than me. Because I can remember a time I looked at guys like you and was like, man, you know, why you come down here slumming? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, you know, you got everything that we looking for. Why do you come down to the West End and want to hang out at Shawnee Park and do all these different things? Like you slumming, you think you better than me. I can remember having that mentality. I really can. And then I got older and I kind of realized that it had nothing to do with that. That those people were from the same neighborhoods I was from. They just worked to get themselves out and they still want to be around their own. And their own not being hood, but they just enjoy being around their own. You know what I mean? And the thing is, did you feed me from what you learned along the way, though? And that's where I think we fall off. We don't feed each other the same. Well, one thing I, I love about this podcast is that we just don't discuss these matters, but I always try to leave people with a call to action. And me personally, I want to I wanna end off with the same with a call of action in, in which the way I began and which is I encourage everybody to go listen to or read the Willie Lynch letter. Yeah. From there, you can understand the genesis of the real mindset of institutional racism. You can get an idea of the practices that were uh, implemented on us. And the things that were done to us to create us and put us in the state we are today that created those divisions, that created those uh those states of minds, those character traits. And from there, we seek to understand and be understood. We have to know where it all came from. And from then we can strip our titles and we can let go of our elitism or we can let go of uh these false divisions and to begin to understand that we are all facing the same condition that says it there's nothing else to be said i think that's good um that's a good way to leave it off i i, I agree absolutely absolutely nothing else needs to be said